0: Welcome to Top of the Game with Javier Sade, where we talk to amazing people that are shaping the world. These lightning round talks explore what makes remarkable leaders tick. Thinkers and doers, pushing humankind forward and at the top of their games. Impactful insights, global perspectives, valuable wisdom you can use every day in your life and work. This is Top of the Game. Enjoy
1: today's episode. Here's Javier. Today, we're going behind the curtain with media maven, John Ford. John is a hyper connector and is at the top of his game. John co-anchors CNBC closing bell overtime and is the creator of, on the other hand, a clever and informative one-man debate that runs on the network's Squawk Box. He previously co-anchored CNBC's Tech Check and Squawk Alley. Our conversation explores the power of communication from one of the best communicators in media. John is a world-class journalist who has done in-depth interviews with many CEOs, including Microsoft's Satya Nadella, Amazon's Andy Jassy, and AMD's Lisa Su. He has interviewed many thousands of leaders and the lessons learned along the way have been formative to him and to those that watch him. He also created the Black Experience in America, an online resource for exploring Black history and culture. Before CNBC, He spent time at Fortune and Business 2.0 reporting tech, business, and financial news. He graduated from DePaul University as a Media Fellow and has a BA in English. Fun fact, he went to college with my wife, who says he was as charismatic then as he is now. Here's John. John, great to have you. Yeah, good to be here. So many things to talk about with you. And it's kind of strange because I'm turning the tables on a master journalist and interviewer. So it's a little bit intimidating. So you're going to go easy on me, okay? (laughs) Uh, You flatter me. Um, We'll see how it goes. No promises. You've interviewed thousands of people, many of them at the top of their game. That is literally why you talk to them. But let's start kind of with an infield fly. Um, Where are you originally from? And where'd you grow up? Well, I was born
0: on Long Island, and uh, I have very little memory of South Hempstead, where uh, my first home was, and my dad passed it to church, because when I was two and a half, we moved to Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, but most mm-hmm. of my growing up was in Washington, D.C.
1: Staying back in your, uh, kind of your, your origins, uh, what was your first job ever, and what lessons from that job do you carry to this day?
0: first job ever technically was a counselor in training at Barry Day Camp which i had attended uh as a kid and what i lessons i carry to this day from that are about relationship and how you can really dramatically impact a person's experience by paying attention to them and uh what motivates them and just the building blocks of who they are and it's it's true for Kids and it's true for adults.
1: Well, that connection serves you in what you do every day, right? How finding that connection to get people to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. It's it's at the point where I've got a long-form interview format, which I've developed over the past several years, and um it's kind of like jazz, there's a structure to it, but it's it's improvisational. But getting to know what makes a person tick. And how that started, and how that links into what they do has just been a, a huge part of my work,
1: yeah. it's a great. It's a great show. Fort Knox is what I think you're talking about, which is superb.
0: Yeah, thank you. um
1: So back to the amazing body of knowledge. You've talked to so so many leaders. So what do you think makes for a superlative leader and why? I think there's a
0: difference between a great leader and an innovator or even a great leader and a great entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So um, first I have to separate that out. I I tend to select people based on their um, entrepreneurship and their uh, title achievement to start. But then I also filter based on what their experience has been to get them there. So I wouldn't say that necessarily everybody I talk to is the same level of any one of those ingredients of entrepreneur or leader or innovator. So let me first just lay that out there and maybe ask within that, what are you
1: most, what are you most interested in? The collection of ingredients. And that's kind of what I, uh, what I was sort of expecting you to say. Um, Everybody has a Uh, You know, the ingredients for leadership are generally the same. It's how you cook them in a recipe. So if you look at people you've talked to over the years um, and studying them, what is common amongst them? I mean, some people would say great communicators. Some people would say inspiring vision. Like, do you see any common threads that are just necessary to be truly a supreme leader?
0: the two most important things are mission and influence and mission to me is a combination of um real vision on where they want to go and a set of principles on how to get there and then influence has more to do with the insight into the the people and resources needed to succeed on that mission and how do i how do i motivate how do I incentivize? How do I communicate uh, the importance of this mission in such a way that I can get these people and these resources online to help me get there?
1: A lot of people, including me, love your one-man debate with on the other hand. Um, <laughs> Thank you. It's pretty cool. Um, the, I'm gonna do something like that, but not quite. What has been your biggest failure and your proudest accomplishment?
0: I knew you were going to ask this and I, I just have so much trouble with the right, like and my proudest accomplishment is that uh, my wife and I have two boys who are, you know, kind of teenagers now who I both love and really like, you know, they're, they're really cool. Um, so that's my proudest account- accomplishment, biggest failure. Ooh, um, <laughs> probably, probably, uh, this middling period of my career about uh 15 20 years ago where I stopped reporting on tech because I was trying to move into management and it just didn't work and for about two two and a half years I was doing multiple jobs and almost kind of crashed out of the profession in a way
1: that's almost uh that's almost not a I mean it's a it's a failure but on the other hand
0: that's why I feel bad about point of like ah failure. <laughs> um how, how do I uh I'm I'm forgetting the things that would probably qualify as failure. you know, the interviews that I didn't get. Um Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the the t- uh I'm I'm trying to figure out how to how to go back and reframe the things that didn't work out as failure and maybe it's a mindset thing, but I'm yeah. I'm having trouble coming up with the right answer for you.
1: Well, I'll tell you a secret. I view my failures and I have I have had many, as as everybody that tries things, you touch the stove and you get burned. I look at failures as mistakes and one learns from mistakes and that's exactly what what you described. Oh, I'll tell you
0: one. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you some mistakes. All right. Failures. Uh um my wife and I right after we got married, we bought a uh I had a one bedroom condo already uh, and when we bought a two bedroom condo at the height of the mm-hmm. financial crisis and uh ended up underwater on it um, and we're about to be out a whole lot of money and so I had to paint the whole place myself (laughs) and do like cockroach mitigation because of the tenants (laughs) that I had in it who weren't clean and so I had to like go in there and do all the things in order to get this place ready to somehow sell and it was very difficult to to and it was my lesson on real estate is not you know this investment is not what I thought it was going to be. And now I got to dig my way out of it. Was it it in New York City? No, it was in San Jose, California.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the financial crisis hit us all in many ways, including me. Let's talk a little bit about media. You are in the middle of all of it. You know, it's changed. Echo chambers, content, tough to get. To ground truth. It's very complex world and changing fast. From your vantage point, again, I know you focus on business and tech, but um you're big, you're a big thinker, and business and tech actually drive a lot of the world and a lot of the innovation in the world. Um, what do you think is some of the biggest challenges the world face faces today?
0: I think um media is possibly on its way to a better place. That it's been in the past. You know, people talk about oh, the Walter Cronkite era. And remember mm-hmm. back when there was authority. Back then, there was corporate media telling everybody what to think, and very little opportunity to hear outside perspectives. They were ignoring major stories of underrepresented groups, they were ignoring major global perspectives, and oftentimes acting as as amplifiers of propaganda. Um, so that, that wasn't great. So let's kind of <laughs> disabuse ourselves of the notion that that was perfect. Now, we've got um, a, a world where people are just unsure what to believe and are, are having to reassess how they define what's true. And people are able to um, enter into echo chambers where they're, uh, hearing more of what they're inclined to believe already, even if it's mostly false. Uh, and that sort of recirculated air um, can, can grow conspiracy theories and take things in a bad direction. But I think the good part of all of this is that there are avenues from multiple perspectives to be heard. We as a society just have to get better in the process of figuring out how to get to truth. And I think democracy has some built-in ability to get there. We just haven't figured it out.
1: That's a way to think about uh, the world becoming healthier. Um, to become healthier, you need medicine. And that's sort of a little bit of what you described. Talking about healthy, how do you stay physically healthy, John?
0: Uh, this is not a great time for me to be uh, answering <laughs> the question. I'm kind of off my game right now. You know, I'm I'm in my mid late 40s and i should be getting more exercise in and so i'm you know i'm kind of getting back on in the saddle now getting some cardio in in the morning i did that for about you know half an hour i've got some weights and resistance bands in the basement that i use but not as much as i should so uh so that's what i know what i need to be doing and and (laughs) what i have done in the past i got a peloton down there too that i use sometimes but yeah that's the struggle is real. So the struggle um, is real. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be anybody's guru on that front right now.
1: All right, that's fair enough. And that is, I think, the story with uh, most of us with busy lives. Um, all right, uh, last question. Um, kind of ending on a on a sort of a mundane note, but usually paints a picture of the person. So you know how batters have a walk on song in baseball. You're a you're a batter. Bottom of the ninth. What's your song? Um,
0: I'm gonna give you Seven by Prince. I, I don't know if that would be my batter walk on song exactly. Cause I might wanna go a little bit like harder, more aggressive than that for like entering the arena. But uh, man,
1: that song gets me pumped. Love it. John, I really, really appreciate you coming in and talking to us for a little bit. Uh, the world appreciates what you do. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks so much. Javier, thanks for having me.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. For information and links about today's guests, check out the show notes and visit topofthegame-thepod.com. Your host, Javier Sade, the show Top of the Game. Thanks for listening.